check, check. Hey! That's really loud now. That's good stuff. I might get a little loud this morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Oh, we can do way better than that. How you doing this morning, Destiny? Come on, let's get fired up in the house. Don't get me excited yet. I'm getting pumped up already. So come on, let's give a shout out to our online campus. Come on, we love you guys. We thank you for tuning in. Do me a favor, share this link. Get it out there. Let people know God has a word for them this morning. Come on, we are reaching people all over the world. It's awesome. I wish I could show you the graphics of everybody that tunes in from all over the place. But it's powerful what we do. And I thank our production team. I thank everybody that has part to do with that. It is great when we can reach everybody when they can't be here. So thank you. If you're new here, I am DJ along with my beautiful wife. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on, baby, right there. She, she's sitting right in the front, so I'm in trouble today. You better keep her going, Pam. I need you to keep a hand on her. Keep her calm. It is hard to be this close. <laughs> Marriage series was a long time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to get out of the relationship series. It's so good. But come on, if you're watching online and, and you, uh, man, I can't even talk now. You need prayer? Like, I need prayer. Come on, reach out to us. We have a prayer team standing by. We want to pray for you. If you're new to the church, uh, do us a favor. Fill out a connection card. Should have got one when you came in. If you didn't, they're at Connection Point, or our ushers can get you one. So make sure you fill that out. It's just letting us know you're new here, you've been here. Uh, that gives us an opportunity to reach out to you, pray for you, and, uh, and man, just, just talk to you about the church and what's going on. So real quick, uh, stuff that's going on at destiny i know it's the same stuff every week but i want to remind you because i want you to participate i want you to be part of this you can't do life alone so we have monday night prayer 6 p.m right here show up tuesday at the table that's our midweek service six o'clock on tuesdays destiny kids and student ministry on wednesdays six o'clock right here look we put them all at six so you can't forget okay um so we have young adults six o'clock on fridays so man we, we got all kinds of stuff happening at Destiny Church, but, but that's just that. We're going to get into our small groups. Um, look, we have small groups out there now, so they start up this next week. What does that mean? It means that if you don't want to come by the church, we have small groups meeting throughout the week all over the place. So they're in the church. They're outside of the church. We have them in Hopeville and in Marbury and in Deetsville and in Prattville, and they're all over the place. So we can get you connected somewhere. You can't do life alone. Um, I do want to talk real quick about a couple of them. Um, just because they're really cool um like like i love our marriage group come on our marriage group meets on wednesdays look we cannot pour enough into our relationships so get out here on wednesday night drop if you have kids drop them off and then just go right next door and and, and do our marriage group we have financial peace this this semester so look i'm telling you this is really good dave ramsey's teaching you cannot go wrong with this if you want to learn how to get out of debt how to do things the right way how to do it god's way that's the class to be in okay and you need to hurry up and sign up because the church is paying for the first five spots. They're 130 some dollars a spot. So if you really want to do that, you want to get plugged in, now's the time to get plugged in and learn how to get out of debt, how to live a life free, like, like live like nobody else. Okay, that is so important when you can walk around and say, look, I don't owe anybody any money and I can, I can use what God gave me for ministry and to do what he wants me to do with it. And it's really good. Um, so make sure you sign up for that. All that is going to be on our app. So if you don't have our app, There'll be a slide up here. Look, take a picture of that. This is a new app. So if you look on your phone and you have a blue Destiny Church app, that's the wrong one. Now delete it. This is a brand new one. Where to go? There it is. Uh, take a picture of that. That little barcode, you can do that. Or you can go to that website, the tithelyapp.link. 
Okay, here's the thing. We have some flyers out on Connection Point. So before you leave, make sure you take a picture of it. Get it loaded on because that's where a lot of stuff's happening. It's a whole new app. All the information, push notifications, all our small groups are on there, all our sermons are on there. It is one quick button push and, and you're connected. So make sure you download that. If you're on the old one, we, we have now canceled it. So you won't get any more notifications. Everything's going to be outdated. You'll be like, how come we're never meeting anymore? We are. You're just on the wrong tool. So, so this is a new tool we have. So download that one so we can get, get things moving. You can sign up for your small groups there. And because they start this upcoming week, they're always open. Get on there, click join. When you join, the person leading that group will get an email so they can reach out to you and just, hey, touch base with you and let you know you're loved and, and give you all the information you need. So uh, I want to touch on our Heart for the House. So uh, for the last two weeks, we've been uh, receiving an offering for Heart for the House. That is for, to help with the down payment to purchase this. We are hopefully within a couple weeks now of closing on this house, which is awesome. And we, have, uh, we had a goal of $20,000 that we were trying to raise before this. Uh, we are up to $15,000. Come on, that is huge. So thank you for your heart. Everybody tuning in online, we thank you. It's still not too late to give. You can give. Go to the app. Go to our website. You can give. Select Heart for the House. Select Building Fund, whichever one you want. It all ties together. Uh, let us know and, and just push it out there. And we can still give. And I'm telling you, we can reach that goal. But I'm excited. I'm just waiting for this thing to, to, to be done with. And then we can call this place home and, and, and start understanding that we're never leaving here. It's going to be beyond us. So this isn't even about us. This is for generations. It's going to be for, for everybody to come forth from this day on. It's going to be really good. So I'm excited over what God's doing there. So it's not too late to give. I want to give everybody an opportunity to give to that. It's so important when you get to sow into something that's going to be here for a long time. Um, so, so you haven't missed your opportunity. Um, all right, here we go. I want to just kind of, I think that's all the announcements I want to talk about today. Is there anything else, baby? She is my brain, and she is right there, so I love it. So I'm going to pray. We're going to jump into this. So, oh, Father, we love you, and we thank you, God. You are so good. Oh, I love you, Lord. Father, I ask you to touch my heart right now, Lord. Speak to me. Father, just, just speak to me. Let it be all of you, none of me, God, and let it land on the ears of everybody that needs to hear it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So have you all ever started something without a plan? Like a project, anything, without a plan. It can be a mess. It really can. Uh, Pastor Kevin and I were praying for some time to spend together uh, a couple weeks ago, and God gave us time to spend together. Yeah. And, and, and we decided we were going to tackle a project together that we didn't plan out, that was last minute, um, and it, it was dangerous, and it, it got really serious. <laughs> so we decided we were going to move. Just I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick story for you. I built a dogominium. <laughs> it's this huge dog house that I built for my dogs, and it probably weighs total 500 pounds. It had a front porch. It had a metal roof. Uh, it had a sunroof that can come off in the, in the wintertime to, to breathe air in for them. It was, it was great. Well, it's been sitting in my house, and we hadn't used it for years. My dogs won't even go in it. So it was just sitting there. And Kevin was going to go buy a plastic little shed for his dog. And I said, Kevin, I've got a dog house that is built to last. And all you got to do is come help me get it. So we left the church that day <laughs> to go get that dog house that I forgot how I, I framed it in in spot and then put everything else on it. So if you could imagine the weight of this thing. And when we got there to lift it, it took everything we had. But we didn't plan it well, Kev. We did not plan it well. 
and, and I made it so you could remove the roof, which is about 300 pounds. I said, we can remove the roof, and it was just the two of us, and I said, we will move that roof, and we will go put it on this white enclosed trailer, which was a perfect idea <laughs> at the time. Until I'm in the back like this and Kevin's in the front like this and we're trying to move this thing like this. And we get it all the way to the trailer and it don't fit. And then Kevin says, I'm going to lower it down. And I said, you lower it down. I'm going to squat in the back and I've got this thing under control. And Kevin goes down in the front and I go down in the back and I'm pinned underneath the doghouse. And it's on Kevin's leg and he's screaming, ah, my leg. He's like, lift it up, and I'm underneath this thing, completely trapped, smushed to the ground. So I lift it up to get it off his leg, and he's jumping around, yelling for his leg, and I'm still pinned underneath the doghouse. Then he came back in a hurry and lifted it up and got me out of there, which was really good. And we were able to change out trailers, and I got my, uh, my open trailer, and we were able to pick that thing up and slide it up on there and then we had to go for the other part which weighs about 200 pounds which is the square box that it sits in and Kevin says just slide it up on there so I started sliding and Kevin's like come on and I push it as hard as I can and it slams right into his leg and pins him up against the other one and he's screaming again he's a screamer <laughs> oh was not planned out that was just loading it. Then we had to go deliver it to his house in a swamp in his backyard. And I sunk my truck all the way down in his yard. So this was an unplanned event. It took us like three and a half hours to move a doghouse. Um, Kevin was even in back of the truck. It was awesome. He's trying to lift it up to get me out as I just took it off. You know, here's the trick. If you have traction control on your vehicle... It won't really spin out for you. So when I saw Kevin start trying to lift up, I took it out of traction control, and I just floored it. And it was a, the mud went all over the place. I was like, that didn't work, Kevin. He was just sprayed with mud. It was awesome. But we have decided we have spent enough time together. Um, and we need parental guidance next time we go to do something. And somebody with a camera, because this would have been hilarious if you would have watched it. Um, it would have been good. But the whole point was we didn't plan it. We didn't have a plan. We didn't have a vision. And because of that, it just collapsed. And people can get hurt. So, and having a plan is one thing. Following it and following a vision is the other thing. So uh, I say all that because we are in the middle of a series. And we've been in this for a while. And it's called a one series. And it's all about unity. It's all about unity um, with, with the body of Christ and in the body of Christ. But it started with, with a oneness because that's what unity is. It's being one with somebody. So it was a oneness with Christ. And how do you do that? How do you build that? An individual connection, relationship with him that is so powerful and so, so, so connected that you, you can't sway one way or the other. It's just amazing. And we said we started there. Then we built it into relationships. So we've been in this since the beginning of the year. And we tied in dating relationships. We tied in marriage relationships. We tied in um, sex. We've tied in everything that we could think of into a relationship. And then we, we, we finished it all with this big old XO marriage conference, which was great. Um, and then I, I took a little break. And Kevin came in last week and talked about the well and, man, being filled up so good. So I was really in this saying, all right, God, what do you want me to do now because I, I still believe we're in this unity and he said well you forgot about unity uh, in the church and he goes I need you to talk about unity in the church and what that looks like so the funny part about this whole sermon just came out 
So this is not one of those jump up and down. This is more of a teachy kind of thing where I just want to cover some things today because uh, it's when, when you start talking about a church family and how do you have oneness and, and relationships with a church family, and that's so important. Um, because it ties into a lot of things. It ties into vision. It ties into communication. It ties into fellowship and, and doing life together. So it's all about relationships, uh, but it ties into the church. So that's where we're going today. So I want you to know that, that, that it's so important because we have a plan as a church, and I don't think there's, we actually have a lot of new people. We have people watching online. We have people that have not heard about our vision. They haven't heard about our church. So we all have to be on the same page. It is hard to go in the same direction. You ever been in a three-legged race with somebody going the other way? It doesn't work. Okay, so for us to move forward as a church, we have to have a solid foundation. We have to have a good game plan. We have to have a good vision, and we all need to be moving together. So today is going to be a lot of information like that because I want to get everybody moving in the same page. And this hit me because as I was praying about it, um, he took me, God took me right to my go-to verse of 1 Corinthians 1.10, and it's out of the Passion Translation, 1 Corinthians 1.10. It'll be up on the screen. It says, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony. Form a consistent choreography amongst yourselves, having a common perspective with shared values. So it says we should be living in unity with one another oneness so once again i'm going to kind of dive into this and i want to dive into unity real quick just to bring you back to speed it's a oneness of mind so oneness of our uh, feelings our emotions uh, it's when people come together on one concord uh, one harmony one agreement to do something to to accomplish something okay and in this it says it, when, it, when it talks in here it says unity but it actually means too that that you all speak the same thing so you have a united testimony. So, so when I look at that, when I look at our church, are we all speaking the same things about our church? Do we all understand the vision of the church and why we do what we do and, and, and how we function and all those things? Because I, what I see is, is I see uh, this pandemic is going to be smoothing out. I really believe that. I believe that, 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 that people are going to start wanting to come back to church. I believe we're going to get people coming back that are watching online that's never been to our church. I believe we're going to have people coming back that hadn't been here in a year. There's going to be people coming back, and the people that, that are here right now, you're going to be greeting them like they are brand new people, and they're like, no, I've been coming to this church for five years. You're like, no, you hadn't, because I've been here for a year. I ain't seen you. So, so we need to be ready. And that's not a knock on them. Everybody has a reason to watch online. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. But what I'm saying is that at some point, they're going to say, I want to be in person. I'm ready to come back to church. And we have to be ready for that. We need to be on one accord. We need to be following everybody, moving in the same direction so they can easily get on board and start going where God wants to take us. Okay. Uh, and, and what I mean, by, in, in Aramaic, that whole unity and what they're talking about here translates that, that you may all uh, that you may all be of one word. So we all have to work in unison to accomplish what God wants us to do. Good example of that the church building. Right. We've been praying about this. We've been on one accord with this. We've been talking about it. God showed us that we've prayed about. It. We know that's it. And now everybody's been giving. Everybody's been. And guess what? Because we all came together. 
And we didn't have a bunch of dissension. We didn't have all these people saying no and yes and no and don't do that and we shouldn't be here and let's go there. Because we were all able to come together and pray about it, guess what? <laughs> we're moving in that direction and we'll soon be able to purchase this building. Okay? But that happened because of what we do. Because we submitted to that. We submitted to the Lord. We submitted to the authority in the house. And we said, you know what? If this is where God wants us to go, we've prayed about it and we're moving that way. So that's why this is so important. Because in that message where it says that, I'll go back up to it. It says, um, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another. That's the first part. Agree to live in unity. Okay. The second part, it says, and put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. He says, put it to rest. Because there will be a division. There will be a force trying to come in and tear us apart. There's going to be. The enemy's not going to want this to stand the way it's standing. So he's going to try to find a way to do whatever he can to get in and separate what God's trying to do. And he's going to do it through us. <laughs> he's going to do it through the people in the room, the people watching online. He's going to speak things to them. They're not going to like certain things. And, and because they're online, maybe they can't come in and talk about it. Because you're here, maybe you don't want to come talk about things. But that's how the enemy starts driving a dagger into what we're trying to do. So we need to live in unity with one another. But we also need to put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. So what's division? What, what is that? Um, well, in this, in this verse, uh, division, it says they're, they're really talking about the church of Corinth. And they, they had a ton of division in that church. They had issues with leadership. They had issues with um, people not knowing, like, uh, their limits to their freedom where they're supposed to go. They had, they had issues with the social economical status of people that, that were attended to church. They were just had all kinds of stuff. They had issues over spiritual gifts. Read 1 Corinthians. They had a bunch of stuff going on. So Paul's telling them, you need to live in unity. You need, you need to get this under control. Because if not, what, what, what God's putting in play will get demolished. And I'm not saying we're having any issues. We're not. But we need to be on one accord. We need to be ahead of the game. We need to be ready and prepared to step forward in what God wants us to do. And we're going to do that by being together. So division among believers hinders severely, right, our message and the ministry to the world. So if we're all on the same page, guess what? When people come to church, when people see you, man, that is, that is the gospel moving forward because we're all talking the same thing. But if we're on different pages, what happens is, you know, uh, someone might come in and say, well, well, why do you worship like that? I don't know. It's just the way we do it. Uh, why, why are your children's ministries, you know, why do they come into the church when you guys are trying to worship? I don't know. It's just something he wants to do. No, like, like, like you need to understand so that we're in unity and we're pushing this message forward of why we do what we do. It's just important that we understand and we all come together as, as one team moving forward. So Paul's pleading with, with this church. He's pleading with them. Saying, saying that he wants them to unite. Why? Around the love of God for one another. He says, can you just unite around that? To just love each other? To just, to just love each other so much that, that you can have unity because you care about each other. Because we're a family. I've been saying that for years, that we are a family and we're going to be treated like a family. We, you, when you're family, you just love people. You deal with, with whatever they got going on and you love them. And eventually that love overrides everything. Okay? So... So I researched a little bit about what this is, and I researched some of the main reasons for divisions in a church. So when I say I researched, it means I Googled it. <laughs> yeah, you got to get up-to-date stuff. So, 
It's all in Google. So, so why do churches uh, divide? What, what, what is the, the reason for that? So, so I did that because I want to know, well, if these are some of the, the top reasons why churches divide, well, the best way to do it is to develop a plan to say we can't let that happen. So let's get ahead of it. So I think it's important we understand that so that we can move forward in this. So we're going to sit here just a little bit. This isn't the whole message. This is just a little bit of the message. But we're going to sit here a bit because I want to talk about these five, top five reasons why a church divides. Okay, and, and this is the time when they want to get them, when good things are happening, and the enemy's going to be firing in all cylinders trying to get us to stop what's going on. So, so these are the five things. Um, the first one, I kind of updated this one, but it's the world versus the word. And it ties directly into social media. Okay, and what I mean by social media is that, that, that we allow our influence of our thoughts, the influence of, of the things we do, we allow social media to determine that and not the word of God. And it's big right now. Like, this is why I went to Google, because I wanted to know, you know, I don't want to know stuff from 10 years ago. I want to know what's the biggest issue right now. And what it is is social media. And what I mean by that is this. People, people who call themselves Christians, they say, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and, and I, I love God, and, and this is what I do. They are on, it says, 66% of them say they use Facebook at least once a day. 49% of them, of the 66, 49% say they're on their two or more times a day okay and you're like okay it's social media who cares okay around two in five christians that's 39 percent watch youtube at least once a day at least once a day only 32 percent of christians say they actually read the bible every day so when double the amount of people that say they're christians are on social media every day and only 32% of people that say they're Christians that love God, they have a relationship with them, only 32% are actually reading the word, actually receiving what they need to receive. So what they're doing is they're filling up their minds with everything that the world says is important, and they're not filling it up with what God says is important because he put it in the Bible. He said, this is what's important. This is what's going to get you out of everything you're in. But you're so caught up with everything else going on. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I'm not saying social media is bad because that. The stats aren't the problem in themselves because you can be on social media and do good things. That's not it. It's the fact that we're replacing our study time. We're replacing the word of God with what the world says about everything going on in our lives. And you're like, well, how's that cause division in a church? Because everybody comes in now without a, with a worldly view and not a, not a word view, not the, not the word of God. Okay, and that can cause division in a church. Because you'll come in and say, I don't know why we aren't talking about this. Or I don't know why we're not talking about that. And I don't know what's going on. And, and why, why aren't you addressing this? And it's like, we're going to go by the word of God. But we get so caught up with everything going on in the world. That tries to direct our thoughts and our mind and everything going on. So it's huge right now. And, it's, and in this time, it's causing a huge division in churches. Huge division. So what makes it bad is the fact that that's how we're doing it, where we're allowing social media to shape it. So um, that being said, I'm not saying that Facebook is horrible. I'm not saying you, it, it, when it's used for the right things, it's fine. But it's when you consume it so much and you replace what you're supposed to be doing with all that stuff. Okay, that's where it is. You know, we, uh, the unity comes in the word. That's the one thing that we all have that is, that is common. If you have a Bible... Your Bible probably reads like my Bible. Now, it might be a different translation, but the word is the word. And we can be on one page when we're reading that. 
you ever been in a conversation where you don't know what's going on because they're talking about something that happened like two days ago and you're just like ah it seems important because y'all are talking about it but I have no clue what it is you can't have unity in that you feel left out you feel like I didn't have a say in that well it's because you're talking about stuff that's of the world and not of God enough on that one you know where that becomes I'm not not enough because where that becomes a problem is when people that aren't Christians are looking to people who are Christians as an example and what they're seeing is the same thing they're seeing in the world. And they're saying, well, what's so different? So if, so, so if you do the same thing I do and you say you're a Christian and, and I'm not a Christian, but I do the same things you do, does that make me a Christian? Or what's this whole Christianity thing? Is this something that's supposed to be like change me because it hasn't changed you? Because you're living a two-faced life. You can come in on Sunday and look great, and then you can go out there throughout the week and get on social media and do whatever you want. Okay? So, so we got to watch that. And this is what the Word says. I'll give you, I've got like three scriptures in a row real quick, but I want you to see what the Bible says about the Word, why it's so important we're in the Word. And I'm going to go all the way back to Joshua 1.8. It says, keep the book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll, you'll be prosperous and successful. So here they're talking about the Torah. They're talking about the law. But they say, guess what? When, you, when you're in it every day, when you study it, when you're reading it every day, you'll be prosperous and successful. Okay, Acts 17, 11. I threw this one in here because I think it makes a whole lot of sense. In 11, it says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness. They're talking about the message of Jesus that Paul brought them, the gospel, uh, and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That's why they were so noble. That's why, because they, they knew that if somebody's saying something in the world, they've got the word to back it up. So when you get in the word, that gives you the opportunity then to say, well, is it what God said or what you said? Because if it's what you said, I don't want nothing to do with it. They said, I want to see what God says about that. Because that's if I follow that, I know it's right. And that's how they prove themselves noble. And in Romans 15, 4, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the, endur through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And when we read the word, there are stories in there. It talks about the endurance that everybody went through. It talks about the encouragement, that, and it's supposed to provide us hope. So you know what you're supposed to do when you start feeling rough around the edges and you're, you feel like you're lost and you feel like things are crashing around you. You don't go to social media and ask everybody, what do I do? You get in the word because the hope comes from the word. All the stories in there, read a story. They relate to everything we deal with. That's why we got to be on the same page. So this isn't, like I said, this isn't bashing because I know who I'm talking to. And we're not dealing with issues in our church. I'm trying to get ahead of this. I'm trying to let you know, hey, this is where we need to be. We need to be in the word. And if we stay in the word, we're going to be moving in the right direction. Okay, so, um, and like I said, I'm not trying to say that, that, that social media is bad because it's not. Just don't be so saturated with social media that you forget where you get your true knowledge and wisdom from. So, so we need to sit there. So if we spend more time listening to the world versus the word, it's going to cause division in a church. Second thing, pride. Yeah, this is a big one. They said, number, this is pride is a big issue in a church. 
And I'm like, pride, what do you mean? Well, pride comes when somebody feels superior based on what they know, when they compare what they know to what others do not know. So if they compare that, see, it, so the, the key to pride and understanding if it's pride or not is what is the attitude behind the knowledge? So is the attitude behind the knowledge to prove other people wrong and to prove yourself right? To say, I'm, look how holy I am because I know everything. Or is it because you feel so sorry for the people that don't understand it the way you understand it? Is it that I have knowledge and I want to help you understand why I love the way I love and why I feel the way I feel? So it's not out of lifting one up. It's about lifting the people up around you. Because when people feel they're not equal, it destroys the church. Because you're going to get people in here all the time. I'm telling you, I am so thankful I'm surrounded with people with so much knowledge. I love that. I love the fact that when I come to church, I don't feel judged that I don't know anything. I love the fact when I walked in these doors 11 years ago <laughs> that I was like, I'm just a new Christian and looking to find a home. And they gave me a chance and nobody said, well, you're not smart enough to be in our church. I love that. I love the fact that they were like, come serve on the worship team and, and in the choir. And I was like, you don't even know me. And they're like, yeah, but we know your heart because you're worshiping. I was like, come on. So it didn't matter how much I knew, right? So sometimes we got to remember it's the attitude behind the knowledge. Hmm. So basically it's I have this knowledge and I grieve for you because you don't understand it the way I understand it. So it's not that I'm going to keep my knowledge and not give you anything. It's I just want to let you understand. I want to use the knowledge that God gave me and the wisdom that God gave me so you can understand how deep you can go in a relationship with Father. Is that good? Think about it. Look at Jesus and Paul. And in the New Testament, when you look at them, you think they had to deal with pride? They knew everything. <laughs> I mean, Jesus could have pretty much told everybody where they belong. Paul walked around, and he's been trained by the best of the best, but they humbled themselves, right? And they taught, and they taught, and they taught. They, they did it to a purpose of getting people the gospel to unite people, not tear people apart. And Jesus was a perfect example of that. You teach with humility. So we have to humble ourselves. In, in Philippians 2, 3 through 9, it says, Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your heart's but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourself. And how important is that? To say, you are more important than me. I care about you more than I care about me. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. So why we do what we do is just as important as what we do. So why we do what we do is just as important as what we do. So we put others first, just as Jesus put us all first. You go on and read that in verse 6. It says, he existed, says Jesus, he existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient 
He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion, because of the obedience God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all all names. So it's funny that when you humble yourself, God will lift you up. But when you raise yourself up and put yourself on a pedestal, oh, he'll humble you. He'll humble you really fast if you put yourself on a pedestal. So that's, that's the second thing. So if we allow ourselves to become proud or prideful, it's going to cause division in a church. Three is judgment. Those who promote division often have a misunderstanding of what it means to be set apart. That we are set apart. Too many people in churches judge people. They judge people on what they wear. They judge people on what translation of the Bible they use. They judge people by how long their hair is, whether they wear makeup, whether they wore their best shoes that day, whether they showed up early or not, whether they serve or they don't serve. People are judged all the time in church. It's just judging. It's judgment. And if we're set apart, we're supposed to stand out in a crowd. So to set apart means to be selected for something or someone for a specific purpose. So we were set apart. And that mark, that defining mark of who we are should be love. So how can you judge people when you just love people? See, judgment will tear a church apart. Love will keep it together. That's what I loved about this church, I think, the most, is that you can walk in the door and you're not going to get judged. You're not going to get judged by anything. Come as you are, and let's watch God move in your life. And we're going to love you no matter what. You know, you could wrong us, and we're going to love you through the wrong. That's <laughs> how it works, because <laughs> that's what God did, because God loves us. Just like that song earlier, you know, he's just going to keep loving us. He's going to keep sending us a love letter. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to love. So if we judge people, it's going to cause division in the church. Fourth was insecurity. Insecurity. See, some people want to be in the in crowd. <laughs> so, so, so when you're insecure, right, you, you, you feel like you're left out. You feel like you're not part of the in crowd. So therefore, what it does, it causes people not to come to church. It causes people to stay away. You know, and when I look at who hung around with Jesus, I'm amazed how churches work so hard at building in crowds. Because <laughs> the people that hung around with Jesus, they were from all over the place, right? We had, um, we had drunks, uh, prostitutes, uh, um, tax collectors, terrorists. <laughs> um, you had all kinds of stuff. Hanging. There was no in crowd. The only in part was, do you believe in me? And, and do you trust me? And do you follow me? That's what made you the in crowd. So, so what happens in churches is they just kind of form these cliques. And people say, well, I can't get into the clique. So if I can't get in the clique, I'm going to leave the church. Okay, so we got to get ahead of the game. We're not going to have cliques. <laughs> we don't do cliques. We, everybody is equal. Everybody comes in equal. As long as you love Jesus, we're equal. If you don't love Jesus, we love you anyway. And we're going to show you how much he loves you. And pretty soon you'll love him. <laughs> it's undeniable. You know, when you feel his love, it's hard not to love him. So they were all part of it. So here's the thing. I love the inclusion and diversity. That's what makes us so powerful. That's what makes a church so powerful. doesn't matter your past. That's one thing. Well, I can't go to church because of my past. Come on, really? If I would have said that 12 years ago, <laughs> I wouldn't be up here speaking to you. 
God will take your past and he will use it as a testimony and it'll wreck people's lives. Because when you surrender to him, he doesn't care. Look, it's not about your past. The whole point is once, once God touches you, it's over with. Like forget everything in the past. Who cares? Come in and let's use it because there's going to be an opportunity for you to reach out to people that only you can reach. There's people in my testimony that only I can reach. There's people in Daniel's testimony that only he can reach. There's people in Jason's test, with Jason's testimony only he can reach. And it goes around the room. There's going to be things you've done in your life and things you've been through in your life that only you can reach that person that God's going to put in front of you. And you can't sit back and go, well, just pass them off <laughs> or pass her off. It doesn't work that way. Like, like God put you there for a reason. And he's going to use your testimony to draw them in. So we have to be diverse. And if you have a church that's made up of all perfect people and everybody from the same, same area and the same, same things, and if we all look the same and talk the same, it's not going to be good. You're only going to attract those people and all the other ones that, that, that God wants. The, the 99% of everybody else will be lost. So, yeah, if somebody doesn't feel like they belong in church, it's going to cause division in a church. So we want to feel like we belong. And the last one of the five was lack of vision. <laughs> That's why my story ties in so well. When you don't have a good, clear vision and nobody knows it, if Kevin and I would have just simply sat down and talked it over <laughs> and maybe planned it for another day and got some more help, he tried. Should we call somebody? Nah, we got it, Kev. We're, we're stronger than we look. We could, we could have really fixed things, you know, the right way. You know, Daniel and I, we, we were, how long have we been planning to put them speakers in your house? A while. We were like, hey, we want to hang some surround sound speakers. So, man, we talked about it. We, he did research. We, we, man, we, we worked that thing out. The other night, we put them all in. Nobody got hurt. Everything went down good. He didn't lock me in the attic or anything. You know, it was good. So, so when you take your time and you have a solid vision, and this goes to anything you do. It can be a vision for your family, a vision for your business, a vision for, for anything, your church, your school, whatever it is you're doing, have a vision and plan that thing out and listen to God and see which way God wants you to go. So, so lack of vision. Too many people in a church, they don't know the vision of the church. They don't know what the church is doing and even why we do what we do. Okay? So Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Now that's out of the NIV. If you read it out of the Passion, it says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Okay, you, you need a vision. You need to be able to move forward. And last year, um, last year, January, we released our vision for Destiny Church. And there's people in here that were here. And there's people in here that weren't here. <laughs> and there are people that, that what we did is we tied that into what we call Next Steps. And Next Steps is a program for new people that come to the church and we can push them through Next Steps. Well, because of Corona, guess what? <laughs> we have not had, not, not Corona the drink, coronavirus. We have not had Next Steps in the church. And we rewrote some stuff because we, we have, we have a, a new way and we redid the bylaws and we've done some great things over this time frame. So what I decided to do was instead of just open up the classes and make everybody go through it, I'm going to cover everything that's in those classes over the next couple weeks. So everybody's going to be refreshed in next steps. Everybody's going to get the new information. And then guess what? Then you went through it. <laughs> then everybody's covered. If you're watching online, if you're in here, you'll be covered. 
which means that you can start making steps forward with that. And you can make decisions on whether you believe this is where God has you and this is where God planted you, if this is where you want to be, this is where you want to serve. It's all going to be up to you after that. But what I love about our vision, our vision gives us a common, a common language so we can move together with the same cause. So if we don't know our vision or direction, it's going to cause vi- division in the church. So we need to stay away from those things. We need to stay away from those and we need to put them to rest. What do we put to rest? The world versus the word. Pride, misunderstanding, insecurities, lack of vision. All those things. We need to put them to rest. Okay, that's what the Bible says. It says put them to rest. So let's go back to the the verse because I'm not even, let me keep going through the verse. I'm just trying to cover the verse. (laughs) So 1 Corinthians uh, one ten. go back to that verse, says, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and to put to rest any division that attempts to tear apart, tear you apart. And then it says, be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony. So what does that restored mean? It means fully equipped, discipled, informed, capable. So we get equipped through doing life together. People say, well, what do we do for discipleship? I can tell you this, that, that, that yeah, we're building a, a great discipleship class for new believers, but you don't get discipled in a class. You get information in a class. You get discipled by doing life together. You get discipled through a relationship. Jesus didn't show up on the scene and hand everybody a bunch of instructions and say, go read that and you're discipled. He says, come walk with me. Give up everything you got. Come walk with me and do life with me and I'm gonna show you how to live. That's what he said. So in a church, how do you disciple? You say, come do life with us. Come do life with the people in here. Come do life with the people in the church. What's that mean? It means get connected. It means come on Sundays. It means be out here for prayer on Mondays. It means come out for Tuesday at the table. It means get your kids here on Wednesdays. It it means show up for young adults. It means get it plugged into a small group. You cannot do life alone. You want to be discipled? Start doing life with people that you want to do life with people with. And you know what that does? It creates relationships. You're not going to have a a deep relationship with everybody in this room and everybody in this church. It just won't happen that way. But through doing all that, you're going to connect with people that you just go, you know what? (laughs) I trust you and we're going to do life together. And all of a sudden, you get to talk with somebody. You get to open your heart to somebody and they get to pour in you. You get to pray for each other. You know, that's why we believe in in the crosses and praying at the church on Mondays. Why? So we can pray for everybody. Why? Because we want to pray for our church. Why do we pray for our church? Because we know what's going on. We know what people are dealing with. Wouldn't it be nice to have people in the church that you can go to that you can just say, hey, bro, can we go get lunch and let's just talk because I'm dealing with some stuff. Instead of walking around going, I have nobody to talk to. So discipleship comes through relationships. Then it keeps going and says we need to form a consistent choreography. Which is just a sequence of movements moving in the same direction at the same time on the same page. And the best thing I could think of was like these, these figure skater pairs. Amazes me. Like we ever watch the Olympics and they're on ice and they're out there. And one, they're on ice. I can't even stand up on ice. And they're wearing razor blades on their feet. Which just shocks me. Because I can't walk on there with two flat feet, but man, they got these little razor blades and they can just zoom around and do everything they want. Okay, but they are in tune. See, they're they're choreographed. They're together. What makes them so good? It's that togetherness. It's that ability to, 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 to walk together. So what it looks like is skaters have a common goal. They, all, they both know, when, when you have a pair of skaters, they both know exactly what they want to do. 
and they both have worked very hard to get there. Okay, so, so they have a common goal. They also communicate. What you don't see in figure skating is sometimes when they do the twirls and the close stuff, they have a way to communicate, even through their motions and what they do with their body. They communicate all the time. So, 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 so not only are they close, and you know, here's the thing. They're, they're so close, they say to be a figure skater like that in a pair, 30 to 40 hours a week of skating together. That's a lot. I would need a big old hot tub, baby. I just need to sit the other 120 hours, whatever it is. I'm not even doing math. That's just crazy. But they communicate. Guess what else they do? They forgive. They understand that they're going to make mistakes. And as a figure skater, you make a mistake, they forgive each other. And they pick up and keep moving. Just because somebody made a mistake, they didn't stop and go, well, that's it. We're done. They said, you know what? I forgive you. Let's get up and let's get back on track because we have a common goal. We have, we have a common, you know, a, a purpose of where we're going. They also trust. They also trust. They have to trust the other person. They say, you know what? I have to trust you because guess what? At some point, I'm going to be flying through the air with razor blades on my feet and ice on the ground. And I'm going to trust you're going to catch me. I'm going to trust that you're going to spin me around in a circle by my ankle and my wrist and not let me go. That's a whole different kind of trust, y'all. I love y'all. I don't know if I can trust you like that. One, I don't think you can pick me up. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> I don't think I'll be in that case, in, in that situation. But they trust. And the last thing they have is defined roles. They have defined roles. In fact, in figure skating, the man just happens to be the man is the leader of everything. Okay. And, and when I look at that, I tie that into church. And I go, man, how can our church be united? How can our church move forward on the same path? Well, we got to have the same common goal, right? We're going to do life together. We're going to spend time together. Maybe not 30 to 40 hours a week, I wish, because I love y'all. But we're going to spend time together throughout the week, right? We're going to communicate. We're going to forgive. We're going to trust, right? We're going to have defined roles. What that means is that in a church to have unity not everybody's a preacher not everybody's a pastor not everybody is an elder not everybody's a trustee now it just doesn't work that way okay so we have defined roles in the church not everybody's going to sing worship not you know it's just how it works so we got to define our roles we got to talk about those things we got to see where we fit in a five-fold ministry we got to see where all that lines together so we can put you in the role that god created you for and when you do that we operate like a well-oiled machine it's when we get outside of that and people that think they should do this, but that's really not their gifting, they try to do that and it messes everything up. Okay, so, so for us to have unity, we got to come together. I don't know why he gave me that vision of figure skating, but that was kind of cool. I was like, that kind of lined right up. So we got to have the same vision. So we can have the same perspective, common perspective with shared values. Moving in the same direction. So over the next couple weeks, I'm going to cover that. We're going to get into the vision. Some of you have been like, oh, I've heard this before. I've heard the vision before. Well, that's good. Because in my mind, I should be sharing the vision of the church as much as possible. Because you know how easy it is to get off the vision. <laughs> if you're not communicating, one thing I learned in the military is we used to take our purpose, our mission, our vision, and we wrote it on the wall. So when you walked in the building, you were staring at it every day. Why? So you could go in the same direction whenever you questioned it. You know, you're just like, well, should we do this? I don't know, does it align with the vision? Nope, then we don't do it. And that's what we do in the church. If you come to me and you say, hey, we should really do this. I look at our vision and I go, where's it fall on the vision? 
And if it doesn't fall into vision, we're not doing it because that's not what God gave us. <laughs> it gives us structure. It gives us, it, it, we're going to use our time for what God told us to do. It doesn't mean that we're not going to do what you want to do, but if it aligns with the vision, absolutely, let's go. And then we can get everybody on board and move in that direction. But if it's something that doesn't align with our vision, we're not going to do it. That's why you need to know the vision. So first, I'm going to take it back to our purpose. And, and you might have heard this before. Um, but if you didn't hear our purpose, our purpose as a church is to love God, love people, and live your destiny. That's our purpose. That's why we're here. To love God, love people, live your destiny. And you're like, well, I get to love God, love people. What do you mean live your destiny? God has created you for a specific purpose and a destiny. And when you realize what that is, when you realize what God put inside of you, it's not so you can sit and not use it. It's so that God says, I put it in you for a reason. Start using it. Live out your destiny. So our goal is to inform you about that. That's what we do in Next Steps. We, we try to teach you all that stuff so you can have a, a, a picture of what God created you for. Then it's up to you to make a decision on what do you do. You're going to sit on it or you're going to use it because God wants you to use it. He wants to bless you through that. Okay, and then our mission. What's our mission as a church? We have a mission. So we have a purpose while we're here. Our mission, though, is to reach people who are far from God and lead them to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. You're like, well, why do they got to be far from God? If you're not in a close relationship with them, you're far from him. So we want people. I want people walking in this door that they don't even know how to spell church because that's how I was. <laughs> we want those people, and we want to show them who Father is. We want to show them the love of a father. That's what we want to do. That's our mission is to get out and, and share that. So everything we do should tie into that. That's our mission. How do we share his love? All right, so that's a little bit about our purpose and mission. If you've never seen the purpose before, it's on the side of our van. Check it out sometime. <laughs> Big white vehicle out front. Put it out there for a reason. So people will see it. <laughs> but, but check it out. Yeah, the vision's on the van. So, or I mean the, the purpose is on the van. All right, I want to talk about our vision real quick. The vision of Destiny Church. I'm not going to cover it all. I'm just going to cover a little bit. And whatever I don't get through, we'll pick it up next week and we'll just keep going. Because I have, like I said, this is a lot of information thrown at you. But you need to understand it. So uh, the vision of Destiny Church is to be a place of unrelenting love with freedom in the Holy Spirit to worship, pray, and live beyond our own potential. Where God's will, not man's, is done and his infallible word is absolute. Where a multicultural body of believers unite through Christ-centered relationships within our church and throughout the kingdom. We're reaching the lost and making disciples our priorities and no generation is overlooked or underutilized. And our outreach for Christ goes beyond the walls of the church, the lines of the city and the border of the nation. That's our vision. That's what God created us for. That's what God gave us. Okay, and a lot of people are like, you read that really fast. It's okay, I'm gonna break down each part. <laughs> I'm gonna fill you in. I'm gonna let you know every bit and where it came about and how God spoke it and what it means to us. So I wanna break down the first part. And we've covered this many times. And, and if, I'm, if I'm preaching a sermon, I should be able to tie it into the vision somehow. And if I'm preaching a sermon, it doesn't tie into vision. And I, I don't know what, unless God said change your vision, it should tie into this. Okay, so the first part, a place of unrelenting love with freedom in the Holy Spirit to worship, pray, and live beyond your own potential. So unrelenting love, it means undiminished undiminished in intensity or effort unyielding uncompromising incapable of being changed or persuaded by arguments that's the love that god put on this house 
unchanging love. Doesn't matter what you say, doesn't matter what you do, we're going to love you. We're going to love other churches. We're going to love other people. We're going to love people because that's what we were told to do. Romans 8, 35, out of the Passion, says, who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. That's the love we want to carry in our church. And I know it's happening because people that come in these doors all the time talk about it. Going through the, the virus and everything, people talk about how much they felt the love of our church. And it's not, it's not me, it's, not, it's everybody in the church because this is our culture. If you saw the big sign on the wall out front, our culture is love. Love is who we are. And we should be displaying that to everybody. Problem with love is sometimes love is, you know, tough. So sometimes love hurts because love comes with truth. Truth in love. So, so some of those things you might go, well, yeah, but I remember the time you pulled. Yeah, well, that was love. <laughs> it was all out of love. And you're still here, so that's awesome. <laughs> so, so one thing is it, it, I don't ever get offended as a person. And I pray that I never offend anybody. So you need to understand that, that you can always come to me. You can always talk to me. We can always share things. Um, that's what it's all about. But you'll never offend me. You're good. You can say anything you want to me. I still love you. That's what God said do. So, But I love you like a brother and sister. So Romans 8, 38 through 39, same thing, but I love how this shares it. It says, so, so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So our vision at Destiny Church is to be a church who loves everybody. We accept everyone as Jesus loves and accepts us. Okay, it doesn't matter what ethnicity, color, shape, religious background you come from. None of those things. None of those things. We, we are a church of human, mankind. This is the human race. That's what this church is. And you should feel that love when you come in the door. You should feel that love all the time. Okay? And it's going to start, well, here's what I love. It starts in the parking lot. It starts in the parking lot. I don't know where, where's the, oh, he's, he, Kyle's out there, I think. <laughs> Kyle's still in the parking lot. I love Kyle because, man, Kyle will meet you in the parking lot, and he will share the gospel with you from the parking lot all the way into the door. That's where love starts. So, you know, we have a team of, team of people that they get out there and they, they put up flags and they start it way out there in the morning. Every weekend we have people doing all that stuff. People come together to make sure that when you pull in to Destiny Church, you feel the love. We have people that stand at the door and they greet you at the door and they open the doors for you. And I know it doesn't look the same right now because you're like, yeah, we're smaller right now and people are watching online. <laughs> doesn't stop what's happening here. You know, it doesn't stop what's going on here. We can't say we can't love the way we usually love because of a virus. We're going to love more. Okay, but it starts out there and it flows into the, into the foyer and it flows into the children's ministry and into the worship center. It flows all over the place. 
but it flows through you. So God's love flows, flows through you when you step up and do that. So when you serve, you get a chance to do that. And it's not even serving, though, because there's people that just walk in the sanctuary and they'll walk up to people in the sanctuary and you're just pouring love out on people all the time because you love people. Okay, so, so it's the love. That, that's, that's what we do. So as a church body, we're going to love everyone and they're going to feel it as we serve them with love. We're going to serve them. We're going to share the kindness of our Father with everyone. Then it keeps going, and it says, the next part of that vision is with freedom in the Holy Spirit to worship. With freedom in the Holy Spirit to worship. So first, we need freedom. <laughs> and you get that freedom through the Holy Spirit. And what do we need freedom from? From all the stuff that was always put inside of us about what worship is supposed to look like. There's freedom in that. And it's just not worship up here. I'm talking about worship. But they call this a worship service, which means everything we do from me talking is worship, from you listening is worship, from us up here on the stage is worship. Okay, with our kids in the back is worship. We're worshiping him. So we need freedom, though, to, 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 to break off the blinders, to get the scales off our eyes, to say, but this is the only way I can do it. <laughs> I was only raised this way. This is what worship is supposed to look like. You know, and that's just it's something that you've got to come to terms with. And you say, well, this looks different. Well, I tell you what, if you were here two years ago, this looks completely different to how we were two years ago. And we've walked through this transition of, of letting, let, letting the Holy Spirit move and guide us in what we do in here every single Sunday. So when we get rid of the old perspective and we allow the Holy Spirit to move, it changes things. So what does Psalm say about actual worship what does it say about you know singing and praising psalm 66 1 through 4 says everyone everywhere lift up your joyful shout to god sing your songs tune to his glory tell the world how wonderful he is so when we get into worship worship should be about him we're worshiping him telling him how glory how, how, how beautiful and how wonderful he is it's never about us it's about him for he is the awe-inspiring God, great and glorious in power. We've never seen anything like him. Mighty in miracles, you cause our, your enemies to tremble. No wonder they all surrender and bow before you. All the earth will bow down to worship. All the earth will sing your glories forever. So we're going to be a place that when you walk into the sanctuary, look, and, and don't get me wrong, our worship team's up here, and their, their job is to help, help usher in the Spirit. But if you come prepared, if you actually wake up in the morning and spend time in your word and listen to some worship music and spend time with God, when you walk in, you're bringing him. <laughs> he's, he's with you. And that's needed because there's people that don't do that. There's lost people coming in that don't even know Jesus. There's people that come in that are struggling. There's people just having a bad day. So you need to bring the Holy Spirit with you when you come. Don't depend on this group of people up here to do that every Sunday. Their job is to help. Your job is to bring it. That's what it is. So we need to, to get our minds off the focus of production, off the focus of, well, their songs were so bad, I can't worship this weekend. No, your worship to God is up to you. You know, we used to do a, uh, I think you, some of you might remember this when we used to do a no-serve Sunday at the church. We wouldn't have anybody serve, <laughs> except for children's ministries. We didn't want the kids. We had a lot of kids back then. Now we bring them in, but... <laughs> And the worship team didn't even, didn't even, we didn't have a full worship team. 
you know, you had one person on an acoustic guitar um, that it was totally different from what we were used to. It was just totally, everybody was used to this big old show and, and production, and they were like, what's going on? I literally pulled up to the church my first time like that, and I didn't know anything about it. And I thought, like, I was here on the wrong day. I was like, what happened? Like, there's nobody in the parking lot greeting you, nobody opening doors. There was no coffee made. You're like, what's going on? Like, where is everybody? But it changed my perspective of church. I said, what am I expecting everybody to do? I'm just here to worship God. I'm just here to spend time with him. It doesn't matter by anything else. But then when it comes back, you realize how important that is to have that stuff and how nice it is to experience that because it's love and everybody wants to feel loved. But man, you should be able to do it without it. You don't need it, okay? But, but it's so good, so I remember those days. But, um, but this is gonna be a place where the worship team can help with that, a place to freely worship God where you are more engaged worshiping God than looking at those around you, right? Even more than worrying about the production on stage where you're not afraid to lift your hands and shout hallelujah, not afraid to lay on your face and just get in his presence. See, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Only because you're looking around going, I don't worship that way. That's okay. It's not for you. I'm worshiping him. It's a place where our kids can come in here and worship. Like this morning, Nis, come on. She's showing you how to worship. Our kids will teach us how to worship because they're unashamed. They'll just go at it. That's what it's supposed to be. But we get so caught up with who's watching me and all that stuff, we, we, we miss out on the presence of God. We miss out on truly worshiping him with all of our heart. But we're not going to be that place. We're going to be that place where you can come in and sit there. That's okay. And nobody's judging you for that. Sit there. If that's how you want to worship, do it. That's fine. But I want you to know there's freedom to do anything else. You want to run around this place? Run around the place. I'm okay with that. There's a freedom to worship God. Freedom to worship. And that's what you need to feel when you come in here. Because here's what I love. Our, our, you know, our worship services are designed and are supposed to be designed to help believers worship God. Help share the gospel to unbelievers. Everything from our song choices to our prayers to our scripture to our teaching is developed to point worshipers to a higher view of God. Everything we do, that's a worship service. When we say we're worshiping, yes, this is all worship. And it's all to point everything to him. That's what we do when we come together. So we also have a freedom to pray. So as you keep reading that, it says freedom to pray. So a place where we believe in powerful prayer. We pray as a church and we continue to pray until our prayers are met. And this is so big. That's why in our church we have a prayer cross. And we say, if you've got a prayer request, just take that, the, the mustard seed of faith and nail it to that cross. Because I'm telling you, it's being covered every week with prayer. I can't pray for what I don't know about. I can do a blanket prayer. But man, if you've got prayers, put it up on the cross. Talk to somebody request it online we've got a prayer request online so you can log into the app we've got a prayer wall now on our app so you can go on the app and there's a prayer wall where you can put your prayers up there and people can respond to them okay so so prayer is everything (laughs) it starts with prayer that's why mondays will never go away i'll be the only one in here i don't care (laughs) never been that way 
Never had to. We always have people show up. And they're different people. But we're going to continue to do it because we're going to cover this house with prayer. We're going to cover that cross in prayer. We're going to cover you with prayer. We pray for this church. We pray for this nation. We pray for this city. Pray for your kids. Prayer is what it's all about. That's that connection. Prayer is the foundation of faith. We're going to pray God's will in every situation. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Be saturated in prayer. I talked to you about being saturated in love. Be saturated in prayer. From the time you wake up in the morning. You can be praying just walking down the street. You can be praying at your job. But we're going to be a place where people come to be prayed over and miracles happen. Why? Because we've seen them. (laughs) We have miracles in this place. There's miracles sitting in this room. Why? Because I believe it's because of prayer. It's because we attack it the right way. We surrender to God and we pray. We're going to teach on prayer. We're going to depend on prayer for answers in our daily lives. Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says, Again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in in symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them. So we'll continue to do that. We're going to continue to come together. We're going to continue to pray. And the last bit there is we're going to have freedom to live beyond our, your own potential. What do I mean by that? Because it's your potential. <laughs> when we surrender it to God, he'll take us further and further and further. So we need to, to get out from under our own potential. Let's put it under God's potential. What, what does God want to do with me? And we need to surrender to that. We need to surrender to it. Understand you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This is going to be a place. Destiny Church is a place where people are not limited by their past, but they're encouraged and empowered to move forward in the future. Where we can come together. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you're going through. I believe God's going to work in and through you in mighty ways. Come on, if he can work through a a 14-year-old kid, remember that, that God's working. And we just got to be open to it. We got to be open to allowing God to use us in ways that we never thought were available. So you might get called out sometimes. I might come to you sometimes and say, hey, I want you to do something. Like good old Ron. Where's Ron at? Good job today, brother. I appreciate you. I gave him a little heads up a couple days, I think. I don't know. (laughs) I just said, Ron, I want you to pray. And, And man, he ran with it. That's what I love about our elders. I called LaShawn out last week. <laughs> I love you, but man, God showed up because you obeyed. You did it, and it was phenomenal. And after that, man, I, I didn't want to leave the place. So I'm telling you, God is good like that. It, it, and it's in each and every one of us, but we get so hesitant. We just don't think we can walk up here and do what other people do. Man, sometimes you got to trust God that he can, you, he can work through you. And your testimony means a whole bunch. And we've had people come up and share their testimony. I think that's important too, and I hope we get to do more of that. But people are going to walk in freedom of their past. And their testimony is going to be used to advance the kingdom of God. And it's going to all flow right through Destiny Church. Because Revelation twelve eleven says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. 
See, your testimony, that's, a, that's the powerful living proof of who Jesus is. Can't deny it. That's why I tell people when they say, well, I don't know how to share the gospel with somebody. Well, just tell them what God did in your life. Can't deny it. <laughs> that's where it starts. Say, this is what he did to me, and I'm standing here. So if you can share your testimony, man, you can, you can bring the gospel. You can share his love. So it's going to be a place where we can trust in God's plan and purpose in our life. People are going to discover their gifts and their talents. And we're going to do spiritual gifting tests. Uh, we're going to do a, um, our personality test. That's something we always do in Next Steps. I'm not going to do that in here. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you ahead of time that we're going to do it after a service. So we'll, we'll, whoever wants, they can stay. We're going to do those tests and you'll get all your results and we'll talk about them and then you can go home. But we're going to take care of that through this because I want to I bring it to you and give you an opportunity to receive anything you would get in the class and ask questions and talk and do all kinds of things. So that's what we're going to do in the upcoming weeks. Because Ephesians 2.10 says, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So we are joined to Jesus. We're joined to him. And, and Father created us with a purpose and a plan and each one of us. So what we're going to do is, is as we move forward, uh, like I said, we're going to do our spiritual gift test. We're going to take care of the, the, uh, the disc profile. We're going to give you all that information so you can grow and you can, you can learn more about yourself and what God wants to do. All that will come another day. I'm not going to put, put you through that today. But today what we're going to do is we're going to put to rest the things that cause division. Right? Where we're going to start listening to the word more than the world. We're going to put to death. Uh, put to death, yeah. That too. We're going to put to rest any kind of pride, any kind of judgment, any kind of insecurities and lack of vision. Because we're going to tackle that head on. We need to learn to be more like Jesus. To love more like him. This is going to be a place of worship where we get to come in and spend time with him and pour out to him. We're going to make a prayer a priority in our lives. We're going to put that first in front of everything. We're going to live beyond our own potential because we're going to trust in God and what he wants to do in us and through us based on the plan he made before he even put us in our mother's womb. We're going to give it all to them. Amen? You guys good? You get something out of today? I know it. Look. Sometimes it's just going to be information. Um, but, man, I love y'all, and uh, I'm excited to, uh, to continue to talk about our vision, to continue to let you know why you're here and what we're doing and how we're doing it. And that's all going to come in the upcoming weeks. So I want to pray with you before we break out. I know Kevin's getting ready to come up here. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what people are dealing with, so we're just going to start praying. So, Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord. And Father, I ask you to examine every heart, every mind in this room. Lord, I ask you to touch each and every person in here, Father. I don't know what they're dealing with. I don't know what's on them right now, God. But, but here's the thing, God. I ask that, that, that if they're so stuck in the world, Lord, that they don't make time for, for your word, God, I ask you to release them from that. God, I ask you to redirect them, Lord. Give them a passion to know your word, a passion to draw closer to you, God, and to prioritize that first in their life. 
God, I ask you that if someone's struggling with pride, Lord, you work on them with the pride. Humble them, Father God. Humble them to do what, what only you want them to do, God. Father, those that pass judgment, Lord, I ask that, that we, we put that to rest right now, God, that there'll be no judgment in this room. Any insecurities, God, let everybody know that they are one. This is a family. We all come together. No one's higher than the next. God, for those with lack of vision, I ask you to give them a clear vision, God, a prophetic vision for their life, for their job, for their ministry, whatever it might be, God. Open their eyes to you the way you want it done. And teach us to love like you. Teach us to love like you, God. Teach us to worship. Teach us to pray. And Father, use us beyond our own potential. Father, we just love you. Touch each and every person in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, and all this is, uh, all this is really good, but it's only really good <laughs> when you submit to him. He is the first star. He is the number one star. He is the place to start. He is, he is it. He is the author and the finisher. So you need a relationship with him. So I don't know who's in here today or people watching online. This is the good part. We're reaching people every week that we don't know that they could just be tuning in for the first time. And you can't do this on your own. Um, it starts with a relationship with him. So we're going to say a prayer. You can do this in your home. You can do it anywhere. The whole thing is just to, to just submit to him and allow him to work in your life and trust in him. You know, Romans 10, 9, 10 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you got to believe in your heart, declare it with your mouth. So we're going to say a prayer, and, this, and, and, and I believe that, that this prayer isn't the saving part. It's the belief that's the saving part. But the prayer helps us declare that. It helps, it helps put that into, into action. So just repeat after me as we pray as a, as, a, as a church. Say, Jesus, I need you kept you out of my life for too long can't do it on my own change me come into my life be my savior i know you died on the cross and rose again just for me today i surrender my life to you in jesus name amen amen come on put our hands together i know somebody online you said that prayer for the first time. Somebody in here said it. If you're in here, fill out a Connect card. Let us know. We have tons of information for you. We want to walk you through this next step. We want to tell you what's next for you. We want to help you through this process. And if you're online, reach out to us on the app. Send us an email. Get a hold of us. Let us know you said that prayer. Let us know that, that, that you want more information on, on what's the next thing to do. But um, come on. We love you guys. We thank you for tuning in. I'm going to turn it over to Kevin, and I'll see you all next week. I'll put your hands together. <laughs> Testing. I'm not on yet. I think this is 23. Check, check. Oh, there we go. All right. Praise God for technology when it works. <laughs> all right. Hey, do me a favor. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I know all the blood has rushed down and you're getting a little drowsy, so go ahead and stand to your feet. Oh, we thank you, God. Mm. Well, let's try this real quick just so I can get the blood flowing. God is good. No, you say all the time. See, I knew y'all were asleep. I knew it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I say God is good, and then y'all say all the time. Then I'll say all the time, then y'all say God is good. All right, here we go. God is good. And all the time. Amen. There you go. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> so this morning, before we dismiss, uh, as you know, that we always... 
finish out strong. We always finish our uh, services strong with giving, right? That's our big thing is giving. Uh, and we worship, like Pastor DJ was saying, we worship through our giving. Uh, so, but before I do, I want to be real with you guys. Is that good? Can I be real with you guys? Yes, yes, okay. Uh, so this, uh, this last week, I was talking to Pastor DJ, and I was telling him, you know, I had a humbling moment. I had a humbling moment. And I love it when God humbles me because I just feel like when God humbles me, it's because he loves me. And so I'm like, thank you, God. You love me, you know. Um, but so I'm going to tell you what happened, right? So I was like, I was talking to uh, Crystal, my wife, my beautiful wife. And I'm like, man, you know, and I'm, you know, guys, you know, a lot of guys can relate. And I was like, you know, this is my retirement, you know, this, babe, you know, this is my money, you know, this is my retirement money. And this is my blank and my this and my that. Um. And I heard the Holy Spirit, you know. <clears throat> I'm trying to get it out, yeah. I'm trying. All right, here we go. I heard the Holy Spirit say, you know, oh, it's it's your money now. <laughs> you know, and I shrunk back a little bit. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, I heard the Holy Spirit say, so oh, so it's your money now. So all of a sudden, you know, you are the bread maker you know, you, mm. and so I was telling Pastor DJ you know he was laughing with me because uh, the Holy Spirit just wrecked me man he just wrecked me <laughs> uh, and I started laughing and I said God you know Holy Spirit you're so right I would have nothing without you I know as a lot of you in here know, I know what it is to have nothing, absolutely nothing. To sleep on the floor with no bed. You know, Pastor DJ, same way, he grew up pretty much poor. <laughs> uh, and so I know what it is to have nothing, and I know what it is to have a good bit, and to have money. And so this morning, I don't have a ton of verses to share with you. I don't have, you know, Psalms. <laughs> uh, I don't, even though there's, I love the Word of God, I really do. But this morning, I just wanted to share a little bit of my heart and what God or the Holy Spirit shared with me this last week. And so, <laughs> and so this morning, I just want us to give out of a place of humility, out of a sober place of God, you know what? It's all yours. <laughs> God, whatever I think that I've made and I've gained and I've profited and I've invested. God, it's all yours. It's all yours. I mean, when we really think about how God, you know, how good our father is, our daddy, how good our father is and how much he loves us. <laughs> Giving just gets easier and easier and easier and easier. So this morning, as I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And we're just going to pray for this offering. And we're just going to pray. Father God, I thank you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that your Holy Spirit convicts us and it cuts us deep, but it's because you love us. God, I ask that you would continue to bless your people. God, thank you for every single individual, every single family represented here today. God, I thank you for their lives. God, I thank you for what you are doing in their lives. 
God, and I thank you that you love us so much that sometimes you remind us that everything we have is yours, God. Everything, God. And if tomorrow, God, you called me up, God, I'm, I'm thankful, God, and I'm grateful for everything you've given me already, God. How can I not give to you, Daddy? <laughs> How can I not give to you, Father? We love you, God. I thank you for a church that loves you, that gives the way they give, God. I thank you. I'm so grateful, Father. They give with a generous heart, Father. And I just bless, Lord. God, this morning, I just bless the offering. I bless the tithes this morning. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would multiply, God, that you would send it to the exact spot that it needs to go, Father. God, I thank you because the offering, God, it just goes beyond this church, Father, and it goes to the nations, and it goes to uh, people in Africa and people in Mexico, God, and people all over this world and people in this city and in this state. Father, I thank you that you are using Destiny Church in a mighty way. You're using your people in a mighty way, Father. I thank you, God. I love them, and I know you love them. So right now, Lord, I bless them. I bless them, God. I bless them, God. Everybody in this room, go ahead and lift up your hands. Father God, I bless them in the name of Jesus. Father God, I declare that they are a favored people. In the name of Jesus, that they are a favored people, God. That your favor right now would fall, God. That your favor and your anointing would fall on them, God. In the name of Jesus, because you are a good, good father. Oh, we cannot outlove you, Daddy. You love us. And so right now I ask that you would enrapture each and every one of us. That you would enrapture us right now in your love. Oh, Father, I thank you, and I ask right now that you would loose angels for them, that you would loose angels for them, that they would be with them daily as they drive home. Be with them. Father, we thank you, and we worship you today, and we love you. In Jesus' name, and his people said, amen. God bless you guys. Woo. Hey, listen, I love y'all. God bless you. We will have our prayer partners up here. And you can give your offering and your tithes at the door or online or on the app. God bless you.